Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Wendy Coulter, and we'll be talking about medical intuitiveness and the practical path. Wendy has been a professional medical intuitive for more than 20 years and is the leading trainer for healthcare professionals. Based in Los Angeles, she has effectively taught doctors, nurses, psychologists, therapists, energy workers, and health professionals how to use medical intuition in their practices. Her early education included participation in Louise Hay's renowned intimate living room healing sessions in Brentwood, California. This led to intensive study in various energy modalities, including Reiki, crystal healing, transcendental meditation, transformational coaching, and NLP. She has enjoyed a thriving private practice in Los Angeles for more than 20 years and has been teaching intuitive development and energy medicine for more than 10 years. Wendy founded The Practical Path, Inc. to present her unique accredited certification programs in medical intuition for health and wellness. For more information, you can visit her website, which is a very easy website, www.thepracticalpath.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Wendy to the show. Good day, Wendy. Well, hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It is my pleasure, and and um, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Um, I've always fascinated um, with the um, with medical intuitiveness. <laughs> um, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, such a, a, a specific and unique. Um, perspective and, and view and, and gift and all that kind of thing. So um, I guess I'm, I guess we should probably start with, I understand that um, as a child at an early age that, that you recognize that you were psychically gifted. So can you tell us about your early years and that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Actually, you know, I didn't know that I was psychically gifted or gifted in any way. I only realized that and recognized that when I was an adult looking back on my childhood. And many of your listeners might be able to relate to that. Um, many people in their childhood, um, you know, when they have intuitive – kids are very, very intuitive. They're just – we're all born that way. We all have intuition. And what happens to children mostly is if they express their intuitions, they're very often shushed or hushed or you know, shut down <laughs> by parents or teachers or anyone else. Uh, I was very lucky in that my, my parents didn't do that with me. They, they they thought of it as a sort of a creative pursuit, and they were very happy to support any creative pursuits. They didn't understand it, but they didn't shut me down, which was nice. So my early experiences are very similar to maybe some of your listeners in that I just sort of knew things before they would happen. I kind of knew things. Um, I had many experiences of clear audience, which is hearing uh, hearing information without the use of your physical ears. I would hear music and, uh, and not unsurprisingly became a musician later in life. <laughs> 
But um, I would hear music on the radio before the radio was turned on. <laughs> and then when someone turned the radio on, it would be the song I was singing in my head. And it, that's not <laughs> unusual for clear audience to experience. Mm, okay. um, yeah, and there's many, many stories I have. of just My mother used to say when I was in preschool, uh, I used to beam her images of where I was in the on the playground or in the in the main room, and she knew when she parked her car just where to find me because I would send her an image of that, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> well, boy, that would save on the 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 hardware having to make that connection. Um, well, you know, um, you know what you just said about you know hearing songs before they come on and and. The, that kind of being an indication of clear audience. Um, you know, I, that one of the things that I've often wondered, I mean, first of all, I think that everybody probably has maybe varying degrees of sensory sensitivity. Um, Without question. But, um, yes, absolutely. It, and so for someone who experiences that, where, you know, the, that musical connection, um, with that, if they're, um, wanting to explore their, you know, gift, um, is that a great, is that a good way to kind of devote some attention? You know, the, the audience, yeah, clear audience that's such a, Well, clear audience for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly run over some of the major clairs that, which is a French word for clear. People don't know what that means. It just means clear. So clear hearing, clear sight, clear touch, clear sense. The clear, clear knowing. These are very, very common experiences for everyone who's a human being, um, and we all have that. It's kind of hardwired into us. And the question is, are we going to develop it as we grow older? You know, are we going to develop it as teenagers or adults, or you know, how are we going to use it in our lives and our practices and our relationships? And people get very confused by that. But the fact is, is that these kinds of clear type skills are actually something that people can develop if they choose to. And people don't think about intuitive development as something you could learn as if you're learning a, how to speak a new language or you're learning how to play an instrument. You know, when you think about education like that, you think, well, I'll go take a class or I'll study with somebody. But when we think about intuition, we think, well, if I don't have it, I don't have it, or if it's a special gift, mm -hmm. you need to be born with it. The truth is it's just as learnable as anything you would learn, like a language or working a new muscle. So that's how my approach to teaching is that uh, the skill that I teach is a, a visual intuitive skill so that we can view the body and the biofield, which is the aura, the aura and the chakra system, as well as the physical body, and view the life experiences and everything that's needed to that sort of um, is enumerated or, or encased by the word medical intuition. Um, so this is what I teach. This is how I've practiced. I learned, I kind of taught myself over the years. <laughs> I taught myself visual perception, um, and I have some stories about that I can share with your listeners. Um, but these are very common states. Everybody knows what it feels like to just know something, to have a gut feeling or a hunch. We all know that. That's a specific skill called clairsentience. Excuse me, I gave you that wrong one. It's claircognizance. That's the one. Claircognizance meaning is a, is a sense of knowing. I have a hunch or a gut feeling. That's claircognizance. Clairsentience is feeling other people's feelings, emotions, or physical sensations. That's the ability to feel those without having any prior knowledge of what someone is feeling. That's We call that compassion in our society, don't we? That's a very mm -hmm. yep. Yep. important state for people. 
So we have an understanding of intuition in our society, just not the way people talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, you know, the the one thing, yeah, the fact that it's um, learnable, I think, is, um, you know, for some people will be a surprise. And, and, you know, I'm sure it's like many, um, like muscles of the body, you exercise them and you're going you're gonna to develop them. Um, yeah. And, and in addition, though, I also think that um, maybe some people, if they're just beginning, may be drawn into a particular um, Claire um, mode, you know, that they're, um, I wouldn't say predisposition, but something that maybe they've well, experienced right. period, yeah. before. Yeah, well, most people are clairsentient. Most people who call themselves empaths, uh, like I'm, I'm empathic or I'm a highly sensitive person, um, all of those kind of speak speak to clairsentience, which means clear feeling. Uh, you know, you can walk into a room and just kind of get the sense of the place. Or if you're the person that you're everybody's shoulder to cry on, <laughs> you're most likely right. clairsentient <laughs> because people sort of zoom in on people who they know have sort of expanded emotional capacity. And that is definitely an intuition or intuitive ability. However... And, you know, maybe this is something your listeners might be familiar with. Most empaths or people who work with clairsentience um, often find that they're overloaded. They're, they feel bombarded by, you know, everyone else's sensory information. And that's something that you want to get some help with if you feel that way. You want to get skills and tools to learn how to mitigate that so that you're not always feeling everything all the time. And um, that's a specific kind of a downside to clairsentience or that sort of empathic point of view. I actually have a workshop uh, called Medical Intuition for Healing, which is open to everyone. And that workshop really uh, is, is a designed to train people in how to work with their own empathic intuition so that they have some clarity and boundaries in their own energy yeah. field so as not to soak up everybody else's stuff. And that's a really important thing to know. So I started that short workshop for anyone who who might feel that way. Yeah, well, you know, and and that um, empath that uh, compassion, the empathic um, aspect of the feeling aspect is one where I would, where I'm sure there's um, that it's it's much more difficult to um, to experience it and shake it off. I mean, with sight, you know, I mean, you know. You can see them and then they're gone, or you know, with the hearing, you can hear them and then they're gone. You know, the feeling, you, you feel them and then you still kind of afterward, you know, unless you're careful with that. Yes, that's exactly correct. So, people who have high degrees of clairsentience or empathy or that highly sensitive person kind of thing, it's like you have extra antenna, you know, and mm -hmm. you're always picking up the frequencies. Well, you need to have skills and tools so that you're not overloaded with all that, so that you can turn it off when you need to, so that you can. Um, uh, it's a very important skill, and let me tell you that in the yeah. main program that I teach to wellness providers, this is where we start. So it's available in the short workshop. It's also available in the main program, and we get even farther into it because every practitioner needs to have that, and here's the word that I use. It's called neutral or neutrality. You have to have mm -hmm. that energetic mm -hmm. neutrality so that you can do your work uh, effectively and you're not entrained or working with other people's energetic state. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so now let's start 
to go into a little bit more about the medical intuitive aspect. You mentioned that you know that particular training is um, uh, clair. Would that be clairvoyant? With the, the well, it is. It aspect? is. Yes, it is clairvoyant specifically, which is a very loaded word. You know, Robert. It's like people hear that word and they 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 think of you know the the street corner, <laughs> the the flashing neon sign with the red hand that says you know five dollars psychic <laughs> reading. Nothing that there's nothing wrong the with that. You know? There's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But but it is sort of a cultural touchstone, which is actually right. a, mis, a misunderstanding of medical intuition. Uh, medical intuition is using the visual sense of intuition, and that is something that we all know. We call that using your mind's eye. <laughs> you know, we call that mm-hmm. visualization, guided imagery. So there's there's ways to learn to use that where you can actually use that same basic skill to look at someone's physical body and biofield, and that is what I've trained myself over the years to do. Um, and I've worked with teachers, and you know, I was a teacher of that specific skill for a long time. But medical intuition is a bit different in that it's a, it's made it's meant to be used in a healthcare setting on the physical body and the biofield, looking at many different things. So uh, I started my programs because I didn't see a place where I could learn this. There wasn't many people teaching, mm-hmm. you know, some years ago. And um, I wanted a, I wanted something that was really purely for that and for healthcare providers. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I started out in this field as an energy practitioner. I was an energy healer. I still am. I have a modality and I have a skill. But what I noticed was I kept uh, because I'd trained myself in intuitive perception over the years. And I'll I'll tell you about my story in a moment and why I why, where I started with that. But what I noticed was that I could see into people's bodies with no problem at all, you know, it was just I was doing my energy work, but I could see the whole workings of their body. I could see where the systems were interacting. I could see the root causes physically, and I could also see the root causes emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, meaning their whole life experience. It was just available for me to look at. And I started noticing that doctors were calling me and (laughs) sending me their tough cases or asking me, consulting me on their tough cases. I noticed that my colleagues were sending me their tough cases, (laughs) people that were not healing, Mm -hmm despite going to a healer or going, you know, these different modalities or treatment plans. So there's a whole lot of information that the body just retains. And uh, uh, this skill of medical intuition is designed to view it and discern it and bring it to awareness. And um, I'm going to preempt your question and ask and answer how, <laughs> how, I, how I figured out how to do that. <laughs> uh, oh, cross that one off. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I, I clear. I intuited it clear and some clear. Oh, I intuited it clear cognitively. <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, in my yeah. in my late twenties, I I actually uh, you know I read a lot of books. I did a lot of study, and one of the books I read was Dr. Deepak Chopra's book called Quantum Healing. Fabulous book. Mm-hmm. Uh, is where he describes in his practice how he started giving visualization techniques to his patients to help them heal, to help them shrink their tumors, to help them, you know, with their healing process along with the medical recommendations. Now, by the way, nowadays, this is actually quite well studied, um, and these are the kind of techniques that are given to sports, people in sports, you know, see that the action happening and then it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, this was fairly new <laughs> well, that, uh, at that time. And I remember reading this going, this is fascinating stuff. It's the mind-body connection. 
how your mind affects your body. Now, not long after that, my body created a little tumor. It started grew a little tumor. It was a benign tumor, but my doctor wanted to remove it. She wanted to have surgery. And I said to her, you know, I've been reading this book by Deepak Chopra where he's showing his patients how to use their mind to remove things like tumors. What do you think? <laughs> you can imagine her yeah, reaction. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I did. And so what uh, Dr. Ch- so there was like a two-week window before the surgery, and I thought, I'm just going to try it. Um, and what I did was I imagined, because he says pick an image that you can use to make a visual change. And I, the image I picked was a little happy scrubby bubbles and a little scrubber that would just scrub this little tumor away. Now, the tumor, again, you know, I didn't have a lot of fear around it. I was very emotionally neutral because it was benign. I knew it wasn't going to hurt me. but So it was easy to do, and it was a fun process. And I just mm-hmm. just scrubbed and scrubbed in my mind's eye using these funny little images, and two weeks later it had reduced to the size a half by half. It was about the size of a nickel down to the size of a pea, and it wasn't supposed to do that. It wasn't that kind of tumor. And I just will never forget my doctor her reaction was, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. And that kind of experience really changes your perspective. It's like, well, this isn't just theory anymore. Uh, this is actually mm-hmm. something that I, I, I affected my own body with my mind. What does that mean? And that set me off on this whole lifelong study of energy medicine, frequency, vibration healing, you know, you name it, um, until I realized I had fine-tuned my own perception to the point where I was able to do this sort of advanced work as a healer, but I knew that it was much better as an assessment skill. And I also knew that there was this major gap in healthcare where Western medicine didn't acknowledge this at all, didn't even know it existed, and the knowledge of which would help them in countless ways. So I started my programs, and I've been very, very blessed to teach at some of these premier Uh, health and education organizations uh, in the country, particularly in integrative and functional medicine. Uh, People can read about that on my website. But um, it's been a real real pleasure, and I'm teaching doctors, nurses, uh, mental health care, complementary and alternative health care, chiropractors, you know, acupuncturists, et cetera. So it has a wide range of uses. Yeah, it does. Um, application for sure. Now, when you started um, being able to recognize and see systems, you know, the different you know body systems body system. or, or etheric systems, um, did you at the time have any medical, um, you know? knowledge, you know, or what was your degree of medical knowledge? Was this something like way out of line for you or or something that you, um, you know, that uh, um, that it came a natural progression? Yeah, great question. Uh, The answer to that is I had zero medical knowledge. (laughs) And (laughs) the only medical knowledge I personally have is anatomy. I knew that when I started seeing into the body, I better understand what it is I'm seeing. So I okay. learned anatomy on my own, you know, and physiology and pathology mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. things that you need to know, at least to have in your pocket, you know, to know that I'm looking at a liver. What is the liver supposed to do when it's working well? <laughs> you know, these right, sorts of right. basic knowledge of anatomy is really important for medical intuition. And um, a lot of people, it's, it's kind of misunderstood. Uh, one of the biggest medical intuitives that is in modern times, is, or the most well-known, I should say, is Carolyn Mace. 
and her book, uh, Anatomy of the Spirit, she talks about how she worked with Dr. Sheely, Norman Sheely, and how she would say, you know, in their throat, I see this, it looks like, you know, cement or something. And, and he would take that and use it to make a diagnosis. But medical, and that's sort of how it, the word medical intuitive even came into being. They created that word. Um, and now that's one way medical intuitives can look at the body, just sort of as a series of, you know, images and that. How I look at the body is like an MRI looks at the body. In other words, I see all of the workings of it. Um, and I trained my students to see all the workings of it, regardless of their medical background. Um, mental health care providers don't necessarily have a training in anatomy, but they're going to need to have that to be a medical intuitive. And I look at all that to see where the everything is connected. And let me tell you, Robert, I was seeing, this is very much in public awareness, SIBO, which is S-I-B-O, small intestinal bowel overgrowth. I was seeing that, you know, 20 years ago before there was actually a name for it. You know, that in the small intestine, there was a bacterial overgrowth that was causing these issues, and this was something they needed to talk to their healthcare provider for. Um, and that is very typical of medical intuitives who use this skill in a focused way like this. It's not general. It's very specific. Yeah. So the now, when you've been talking about the... Um, medical intuitiveness. You've been talking about it as uh, like a um, assessment tool. Mm -hmm. um, Correct. And so, is this um, uh, what I, what I wanted to know is is that kind of basically more of a um, informative, like a I don't want to say diagnosis, but you know, I mean, just an evaluation. Yes. You know, system it, it evaluation, is. I guess. You're absolutely right, Robert. There's a major distinction between evaluation and assessment and diagnosis. Diagnosis belongs to the licensed healthcare professionals. And ethically, uh, for any listeners out there that are maybe confused about this, it is very important to know that we need to stay within our scope of practice. I am not a licensed diagnostician, therefore I do not diagnose. Therefore, my clients need to take any information that they that they're that becomes oh, that bring that is up to right. awareness mm -hmm. in the assessment to their doctors. That is a given. I I will not and cannot diagnose anyone, but um, but I have clients. Excuse me, students who can. <laughs> I teach right. medical doctors right. and nurse practitioners mm -hmm. and people who can diagnose. So they are using it in their diagnostic processes, and that's very exciting. Um, in the meantime, everyone who cannot, they get a good ethics training from me and what that means <laughs> and how to mm -hmm. work it, you know, how to use it and how right. to be part of a care team. And my opinion, right. Robert, is that medical intuitives are a perfect support and uh, adjunct to any healthcare team. And, you know, yeah. and, and a lot, you see this in integrative medicine is that, they, you know, doctors are saying, well, let's bring in the acupuncturist who has a Chinese medicine mm -hmm. perspective. Let's bring in the chiropractor. Let's bring in the healer. Well, let's bring in the medical intuitive <laughs> as well because right. we can get that overview because we can't look through a body at any lens, any one lens. We have to look at the holistic 360, what is actually happening, and find out from that body's information what it wants to heal, and that's a different perspective, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> that's a completely yeah, different you know, perspective. It, yeah, you know, and then I'm so glad you went through that explanation because the idea of the, the whole team. Now, when you indicated, you know, the, the medical intuitive as part of a team, but you also at one point mentioned healer. Now, yeah. uh, what is the 
where does one leave off and the other begin? I mean, what, what are, yes. what's the distinction between the two? Very good question. Thank you. The distinction, because it's actually this is another area of confusion out there. Uh, a healer affects or works within the patient or client's energy field. They're actually literally removing blocks using energy techniques. A medical intuitive does not uh, interface with the clients in that respect. Uh, we're not going to affect anyone's body, anyone's energy field. Well, all we're doing is we're assessing and evaluating. And there's a really big difference between the two in that process. An assessment and an evaluation where I'm not going to be actually physically moving anything out of the physical body energetically, blah, 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 that gives me the opportunity to ask the body a series of questions and get information about what the best modes of healing are for that person's body and energy field. That includes emotional, mental, and the rest of it. Before I even use my, and I may not with a client, suggest my modality. I have a healing modality like Reiki or healing touch or polarity therapy mm -hmm. or any number of things. Mine is called biofield balance energy healing. It's a specific form. But I don't use that with clients unless their body tells me in a medical intuitive assessment, which I perform first, if this modality will work for them. If there's enough reason to you know, consider that as a useful tool, or is there something else that will work for them? And this is where medical intuition really, really differs from any other kind of energy-based therapy or skill set. It's not, it's not an intervention. It's not a treatment mm -hmm. the way healing is. None of that. It's an assessment. It's an evaluation for information for the client to take to their healthcare providers, to their complementary and alternative providers, to their energy healers if they choose, whatever works, right? So what it really is, Robert, is a conversation between me and right. someone's body. <laughs> and that's fascinating. That is endlessly fascinating. Yeah. I bet. I bet it is. Uh, well, gosh, we're about uh, halfway through the show, Wendy. I want to take just a quick break, um, and then when we come back, I kind of want to talk um, a little bit um, about the um, the types of um, the types of modalities and the, and the, the, the types of people that you have. So, like, who out there would really benefit from um, being involved with the practical path? Okay. Thank you. Okay, everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. 
I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us. Again, today my very special guest is Wendy Coulter, and we're talking about medical intuitiveness and the practical path. Um, You can find out more of of all that Wendy has to offer by visiting her website, which is easy, www.thepracticalpath.com. And on there you can see all the information about uh, her programs and books and all kinds of stuff. So go to visit thepracticalpath.com. Okay, with that, we're back. Wendy? Hi. Hi, Robert. Thank you. Hi. Great. Great. Um, during the first half of the show, we, we mentioned, and I mentioned in the introduction, about uh, you being involved with Louise Hay's living room healing sessions. Um, yeah, this is when I was quite young. That fascinating. It was, <laughs> okay. it was so fascinating. And this was, um, I want to say, late 80s, I guess. Um, a good friend of mine was one of her assistants, and, and he knew I was into, you know, this sort of woo-woo, whatever. <laughs> and he said... Right. Uh, you know, he said, you got to come over and see what's going on here, you know. So I came down there, and um, she was working with the AIDS community in Los Angeles at the time. And so uh, this was a, you know, a private home in her living room. There was a crowd of people there, maybe 20 people. And uh, I remember she led us through kind of a little guided meditation with affirmations. It was lovely. Uh, she explained her philosophies on healing the body. And her books are wonderful. And then uh, someone would uh, volunteer and lie down on the carpet, and we'd give them a healing. Now, I didn't know anything about it. This was all new to me. And uh, <laughs> I remember, um, you know, she would say, well, just use intention. And I, I put my hands out and sort of with my palms facing the person. And other people were doing whatever they were doing. There were gongs, and not gongs, but like bowls and crystals and mm-hmm. things like that. And so it was really fun. So I put my hands out, and I just remember this feeling of, energy just whooshing through my hands and my intentionally sending healing energy to the person that was lying there. And that was the first time I'd ever experienced anything like that. And, you know, the person would say at the end of it, say, I feel much better and I'm more calm and whatever they would say. And I thought, there is something going on here I want to know more about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that was part of my early, I would say, uh, experiences in how to well, you know, what is energy? What does it mean? How how do we how do we intentionally use it for health and wellness? And so that was a real privilege to be invited to that. Uh, and I just it stands out in my mind as one of those milestones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and when you have such a um, you know profound personal experience, I have found that you know so many people um, is when they have that personal experience that it just changes the whole paradigm, you know, kind of like yeah. before experience and after experience, you know, um, yeah. as far as perception of the world. Yes. Well, that's the whole point. Uh, you know, listen, one of the things that I really encourage people to do is uh, don't take anyone's word for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you got you got to have a personal experience of this to really feel or understand what it means to you personally. And I, I tell that to my students, you know, I'm going to teach you this skill, but you go practice it, and that's a big part of the program is practice in class and between classes so they understand what the practice is so they can work that muscle and they can get their own sense of um, you know efficacy with it and it's wonderful and as a teacher it's just so gratifying 
to watch people move through their process and really start to see into the physical body and the biofield for all this really rich information for their clients. But it's phenomenal. Yeah. So um, and before we go on, I want to talk about you can hear a couple stories, you know, maybe yeah. some, you know, memorable client stories. But before we do, um, you know, you, you teach to um, doctors and psychiatrists and therapists and, and all. Um, do... Um, can you tell us um, s- some of the feedback for, that you've gotten from from some of the d- different um, occupations, like doctors? You know, what, yeah. did some of those doctors already kind of have that um, experience <laughs> that maybe led them to be doctors? Yes. Well, you're talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that is, you know, how people in the allopathic field use their intuition and some of and it, you know when i talk to conferences when i go to conferences and talk to rooms full of doctors when i'm addressing a room full of people who come from that allopathic perspective and i've taught at dr Wiles center and other places where that is the case i have to tell you that people recognize this they recognize intuition because in medical training it's not well discussed and it's a bit taboo but they are told to, talk, to, to follow their gut instincts or their hunches. They are mm-hmm. told that, that there's a, there's a component of physician intuition that is discussed, and there's some debate about how that. I won't go into the details of that or how it's accessed, but there's plenty of evidence that both novice doctors and experienced doctors actually can use their gut instincts, regardless of their you know, breadth of, of scope of knowledge, um, effectively. Now, nurses, let me just say, are brilliant mm-hmm. at this, and they're taught specifically to trust their intuitive instincts. Now, they're not taught how to use it. Neither are doctors. Right. They're just said, if you feel this, if you have an instinct, go tell someone, you know, go, go act on it, go follow it up. And what's wonderful about teaching doctors and nurses and other kinds of people in, the, in that area is that they get it. They totally get it. They just didn't know that mm-hmm. they could learn how to use it in their, in their own practice. Right, and, uh, right. Yeah. So to answer your question about the feedback we're getting, we're hearing so much from my graduates and from other people in the field that are using their intuition and medical intuition. And every time I talk, people raise their hand and they tell me their stories. Um, It's being used very effectively. It saves time. It saves money. Uh, For medical intuition specifically, the way I teach it and practice it, it's designed to help people cut through and, and mm-hmm. practitioners cut through all of the millions of options out there and to help them get the care that their client or patient needs most based on what their body is presenting, not with, through a blood test necessarily, but through a medical intuitive assessment. Right. Right? Right. There yeah, are so many sure people, Robert, that, that fall yeah, out of their interest. <laughs> no, I'm sure that it's it's oh um, it's, it's so much uh, it would be so much more efficient to be able to hone in on where to begin looking. Well, yeah, and and you got to remember that the people that have traditionally come to a medical intuitive are those people that fall well outside of traditional medical testing. They they don't register on the scale somehow, or their their issue hasn't been researched enough, so there's not enough information about it. On and on and on. So that is the typical kind of client I might see. However, we want to be ahead of that game. We want to be proactive and not reactive there. So this is why it's exciting for practitioners to start using this because they get to the core of the issue for their client or patient like right away. There's not this, yeah. you know, 
let's try this. If it works, it will keep going. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. You know, I mean, exactly. that's traditional medicine. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. really work. And I'll it, tell you what, it doesn't work for doctors. They know it. They know it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And then so many of those misdirections can be harmful, can actually create, you know, more issues mm-hmm. than than maybe exist, you know, just in the trying to find a cause kind of um, activity. So, yeah, yeah okay. Because I, I was just curious about that, you know, about you know, doctors – um, being drawn to it, and and of course now with you know with psychi- psychologists and psychiatrists, I'm sure you know is it's another um, aspect, another tool um, to be added in in helping their clients. Well, I hope so. That's my goal, of course. And um, from what we're hearing back from my graduates as they're using it in the field, uh, we're hearing very good reports about saving time, saving money, getting to the heart of the matter, helping their clients move through and their patients move through their issues, getting to healing faster, on and on and on. And if you don't mind, mm-hmm. I'll share with you some of our results. Um, we, we ran a pilot study last year just to see what our results were because, you know, we have tons of anecdotal information and lots of case reports and whatnot. But I would, you know, I wanted to measure it as best I could. So I asked my students, my graduates, to work with a a number of of people that they had never worked with before. These were blinded sessions, meaning they had no Mm -hmm. idea what the client would come in with. Um, These sessions are done remotely. So there's no visual with the client most of the time. Um, you can't do that. But my, my students have their eyes closed. It's an eyes closed process so we can right. use our mind's eye visualization skill. And so they don't have any visual cues either. Now, we worked with 67 uh, people who were basically self-selected. They chose to come and, and be part of this study. And mm-hmm. um, what we found was uh, that the students had a 94% accuracy rate. And this was the the, the, the Participants rated them after the session, and they gave them 94% accuracy in location and evaluation of their primary health issue. 94%. That's pretty high. We were thrilled with that. That's very high. Yeah, yeah. We also saw 98% accuracy in description of life experience that relates to that health issue. Now, again, this is somebody that the medical intuitive had never met before, doesn't didn't know their history or anything, but they were able to uh, see where this issue may have started, began in their in their client's life to manifest into an imbalance later on. And that was a phenomenal result, 98% accuracy there. We also asked uh, how many people had a known medical diagnosis, and we didn't want them to say anything to the medical intuitive, but we asked them if they had one and how, how consistent the medical intuitive was with that diagnosis, and we got 94% consistency hmm. with a known medical diagnosis. Now, about half of those people had a known me- medical diagnosis, and for that half, it was 94% accurate. So, hello. We were thrilled with that. Uh, yeah. And we also found a lot of other great data that is on the website. Now, I sent all of this data over to my colleague, who is um, part of the University of California, San Diego School of Medicine. He runs a research center there. And I said, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think? What do you think of all this? And he said, well, <laughs> and he looked in to see if there were any other, um, you know, uh, evidence-based testing or studies done on medical intuition. There have not been right. in, the, mm-hmm. in the United States anyway. Um, and he said, okay, let's do this. So he wrote a proposal that we will work with um, the UCSD Center uh, School of Medicine through his Center for Research 
to do the very first gold standard study on medical intuition that's ever been done. We're thrilled. Um, I will tell your listeners that <laughs> we are fundraising for this because, you know, these okay. are usually privately funded <laughs> right, endeavors, right, yep. uh, and we're looking for funding. So if anyone, you know, knows of anyone or is that kind of person <laughs> that would love to contribute, please uh-huh. let me know. Go to the website. It's all there. Uh, we would love to get this study, um, you know, it, this, Done. We, yeah. you, to do it through a major organization like UCSD or something yeah. like that really yeah. gives it, it the weight a lot it of weight. needs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I used to live in San Diego, and and they have such a stellar reputation. I mean, it's just. Uh, oh yeah. It's just wonderful, wonderful to do that. Yeah. So anybody out there, <laughs> all of your uh, <laughs> venture angels out there, <laughs> go, go check the practicalpath.com. Um, yes, absolutely. Okay. And we, okay. I'll keep people informed of how that goes as well. But we're okay. very excited about our results. Great. Yeah, that's good. Now. Would you mind sharing um, a story or two of maybe some of your more memorable experiences in the effect of uh, medical intuition? Intuitive. I'd be, I'd be, yes, I'd be very happy to. Um, now, I'll, I'll give you this one case report, and uh, this is the reason I talk about this one. It's not a big dramatic case, but it, it really mm-hmm. shows how medical intuition works, the way I use it, the way I practice it, and the way I teach it. There are several ways we look at the body. Number one is, I mentioned, looking at the body as if we're looking at a, you know, a functional med- MRI. We could see the workings. Mm-hmm. We can see how things are moving. We can see what's going on. That's one way. The other way is to look at someone's life experience. And it's very much like watching a little movie of their life based on what their body wants you to see in regards to this health issue. And the tenant there is that there is... Um, uh, a life experience that, or trauma, or something going on that can manifest later in life as a physical imbalance. And by the way, there is a lot of science about this. It's called adverse childhood experiences. People can look that up online. The, psycho- the psychology world is looking at that, and the medical world is now too, as people who've had early life trauma can. Uh, there's a one-to-one correlation in many, many cases that there is a physical imbalance later in life, not just depression or, you know, some kind of addiction behavior, but things like cancer, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pulmonary issues, diabetes, things like this that are triggered by this long-term trauma. So it's an interesting thing to look at. That is one of the principles of how a medical intuitive will look at someone's body and experience. So this uh, was a woman in her mid-40s, you know, a very successful businesswoman, and she'd had a persistent case of tendonitis in her wrist. And she wanted me to take a look at it with medical intuition. Now, you know, tendonitis isn't like a life-threatening issue. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it was it was a, a bother enough for her that she wanted me to look. And her experience of it was she had no idea how she got it. It came out of the blue. She'd had it for about a month. And it was just nothing was working. She was going to the doctor, the acupuncturist. It just was persistent. So I took a look, and with my medical intuition view, looking at the body, I saw that there were inflamed tendons in her wrist that I could see. I saw that underneath the tendons, there was a bone scar that looked quite old. It had healed over, like a fracture. And around the wrist, I saw this cloud of emotion. It looked like grief emotion. Um, And then I asked, that conversation becomes, that's when the conversation happens. So I'm talking to her wrist. And I'm saying, what is it you want to show me? I see that. And it showed me an image from her life, a little movie. 
And there she was at age 21, you know, or so, playing uh, tennis with her boyfriend. And she swings her racket, she trips, she falls, and breaks her wrist. And that's where that fracture came from. The next image it showed me was her in the hospital room, like in the ER, and they're taping up her wrist, you know, and her boyfriend breaks up with her right there in the hospital room. And what, I know people, I hear a lot of gas when I tell this, I was like, oh. Good guy. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of cold. But what what happened was her body had retained the the trauma. Now, there's two traumas here. One is the physical trauma of the fracture. The other is the emotional trauma of the breakup. And there it was. And before I could get another word out, my client said, oh, I'm going through a breakup right now. And it turns out oh. that she and her partner of 10 years, uh, her partner broke up with her a month prior, just before this tendonitis flared up. And hmm. she was able to corroborate her life experience and made that connection with her body because that's what her body wanted her to know, that there is a there's something here going on. The, 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 what happened was, the breakup in the present moment had triggered all of this unhealed emotional trauma from, you know, more than 20 years prior. Because the body holds on to stuff. We may not be aware of it, but it does. Now, what's interesting about this particular case is that that the wrist wanted me to look at some more stuff. And the next thing it showed me was an image of her at around five years old. Uh, She was in a dark closet. I could see the clothes kind of hanging around her. She was holding her wrist up for protection, same arm, and a cane was striking her right there on her wrist. It looked like a woman, I assumed it was Mm -hmm. her mother, was hitting her with a cane in this closet. And at that point, my client corroborated that image. She said, my mother was mentally ill, and she used to beat her with a cane and lock her in a closet. That was punishment. Mm -hmm. And so what her wrist was trying to tell her was there was this lifetime worth of grief, pain, emotional trauma, physical trauma that was being stored in her wrist and was being triggered by current events. Now, that's not an unusual thing to see, uh, that there's this long history. And at that point, the question for the body is, well, what do you need to heal? Now, for my client, um, the wrist very clearly said, look, there's this, this... physical trigger is being triggered by Mm -hmm. emotional circumstance so you know some emotional help would be of use Um, you know now what I'm supposed to do as a medical intuitive is what I do is I look to see what other systems are affected by this and in her particular case there was some gut issue you know some stress and gut issues going on her digestion Mm -hmm. wasn't working very well she was not sleeping well Uh, you know her pineal gland was affected her sleep rhythms her circadian rhythms were affected all of that was informational for her to take to, you know, her doctor or anyone else she wanted to see about any of those issues. For the wrist, her wrist said this is emotional and it needs to have it needs to be released. There's some emotion that's caught here from all this history that needs to be released. Now, I gave her the information and that's my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. what I did was I checked in with her uh, 2 days later and I said, "How are you doing?" And she said, "It's gone." the wrist was completely healed as if it never, it never came around. You know, if it never had that tendonitis, the pain was back, her wrist was back to normal. And most importantly, what she said to me was, I'm sleeping better now. You know, it's only been a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But she said, I had a really long cry, and I, I feel more able to process these emotions about her current breakup. And that's what her body wanted her to know. So when, when you think about this, Robert, linear, like logically, mm-hmm. It makes mm-hmm. no sense. It just makes no sense. Why mm-hmm. would, you know, 
an emotional breakup result in tendonitis. Well, she had all this weakness right. in her wrist that had a similar vibration. So the body has its own consciousness, it has its own awareness, and it has its own logic. And a medical intuitive's job is to get into that question-answer state so that we can discern very specifically for our clients what the body wants them to know so that they can start to shift their experience. Okay, now a, a question. Now, recognizing yes. that there was the, the childhood experience, the yes. first breakup and the current breakup, um, yes. was um, when when going through and healing that aspect is the thing that popped into my head was is that like a quantum approach you know where when yes. you're when you're when you're healing that particular aspect that is going to heal maybe not only childhood but maybe even past life kinds of of attachments yes. so, That's so, such so a, yeah that was okay cuz otherwise you don't awesome. want to miss a chance <laughs> or where to go back yes. to <laughs> you know how far do yes. i go back you know you're so great, I, okay. I, Robert. I really appreciate that question. So here's the thing. A medical intuitive assessment is not a healing. The client actually had a, what right. doctors would right. call a spontaneous remission, you know, just based on right. the information that she heard and brought to awareness in the session. Now, that doesn't always happen. There's Often there are recommendations for healing that go beyond that, but in her case it did. Um, so, yes, does she have the opportunity to heal Listen, if I had a dollar for every client that said, you know, I've worked on that in therapy, (laughs) I already Mm -hmm. know that. But you know what? Your body hasn't let go of it. So what does that tell you? That tells you that there's still more to go. And she she recognized that, and that was to her credit, and she was able to work on it even more deeply, you know, that early childhood trauma, as well as the current one, as well as anything else that happened. So it gave, what it does is it gives people the opportunity to get the, I call it the 360 holistic view of their mm-hmm. issues, not just physical, but all of this emotional stuff that we our bodies can really hold on to, regardless if mentally or emotionally we feel we've let it go, guess what? Your body might not have let it go. <laughs> And it may yeah. be manifesting in all these interesting ways. So it's important to have that. And this is why, you know, in a nutshell, Robert, I'm so excited about practitioners, wellness practitioners, bringing this into their practices. There is not one practitioner out there that doesn't have that client that just isn't healing, right? They mm-hmm. come back mm-hmm. again and again with the same issue or chronic issue, and it's just not healing, not healing, not healing. Well, what's going on there? Let's take a look. That's where medical right. intuition really, really shines. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and, and see, that was the, um, you know, when I was thinking about the the aspect of, you know, of course it is the individual going through the healing process and, and whatever modality or modalities that they choose. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the idea of having that um, overall approach, um, so that you don't, I mean, and so that you make sure that you include every aspect of it. You know, I mean, so you don't leave anything behind, so that you don't have to keep coming back, yep. you yeah. know, for to, to attach it. So, I mean, it was, yep. you know, the idea of, um, I, like for her and her wrist, you know, I am going to work on removing all of the, um, all of the, the stuff, you know, that contributed to this, be it, you know, Childhood, adult, 
childhood, uh, right. previous life, generational, you know, whatever yes. the aspect is, and I'm going to be, yes. you know, working on that. And so, um, anyway, so I mean, I, I did. Yeah. Me, it seems like that it'd be the um, that's the only way you could prevent it from coming back again. Well, what it does is it gives the client a level of awareness. You know, Dean Ornish said, "Awareness is the first step in healing." Yeah, Dr. Mm-hmm. Dean Ornish. I love that quote because that is the real that is the purpose and point of a medical intuitive session is to bring to awareness whatever the body wants the client to know. The body in the biofield wants the client to know about what's going on for them in their life, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And that's how people heal. They don't heal because, you know, people can heal from a surgery and a pill and a process and a procedure for sure. Absolutely they can, without question, and they are. But a lot of people um, have other things going on. Either the issue recurs or that it's chronic or something comes up out of the blue, like with my client, that she has no awareness of why did this show up. You know, if she hadn't addressed it on that level, it is very possible, just, you know, as a possibility, that she could have had tendonitis in her wrist for months. It does, it can persist yeah. for months. You know, for her, yeah. that knowledge and awareness actually allowed her body to, her emotional, mental, spiritual, physical state to shift. Uh, and that can happen for people. It's not the goal of medical intuition, but it is certainly yeah. some outcomes can happen that way. Um, yeah. And, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was going to say that um, I, I had uh, put the self-published a book called It's No Secret, Spirituality Bites, <laughs> with you know, bringing inspiration <laughs> to earth. But, yes. but the, the, the first chapter is, is awareness is where it all begins. Yes, you know, sir. And, and, uh, and there was one of, my, one of my favorite quotes about awareness was um, from James Thurber, and it says, let us not look back in anger nor forward in fear, but around in awareness. Yes, uh, yes, yes. That's, I, I'm right there with you, Robert. And the thing about awareness that's so interesting is that um, we have this wonderful capacity for denial. <laughs> it's it is oh, also yeah. baked into humans. And here's the thing: is that it's a, it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's a it's a survival technique right. for the most part. So um, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I don't pretend to be one. But it's interesting to see how the body can hold on to things where the mind just doesn't know what it's holding on to. And that, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, is the mind-body, com- that's the mind-body connection. And when I teach people in my short workshop about the mind-body connection and how they can start to create that dialogue with their own body systems, well, things change for people, don't they? You know? Yeah, you start talking yeah. to, your, to your, you know, your wrist or your, your toe or whatever's going on, and you're really getting the the ability to, which doesn't, it's not hard to do for yourself. It's a practice to do for yourself. Um, then you really start getting the information you might not be getting anywhere else, and it's valuable and valid. And this is why I teach what I teach. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Wendy, we are at the end of the show. I just really enjoyed speaking with you. This has really been a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. It's been a true pleasure, really. Great. And now, um, again, people can go to your uh, website, and there they can find out classes that you offer, the services, and then, of course, they can go to the news and become a part of the research study. (laughs) Um, They can can certainly... 
Yes, 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 please. We, we need that. And let me just say that the main program is for wellness professionals of every kind, right. and that is a nine-month program in two different levels. The workshop is available for anyone and everyone, and that is a six-hour workshop. I teach that live online. And by the way, I teach all of my programs live online. So people can join us from anywhere they are in the world. You could take my courses in your pajamas with your cup of coffee. And uh, it is a live environment on Zoom, so you get to work with your students, uh, fellow students. You get to practice the skills. Uh, and that's a very exciting way to teach. So uh, I want everybody to get that. And please contact me through the website if you have any questions. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time again, Wendy. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you, Robert. Okay, again, everyone, today my special guest has been Wendy Coulter. We've been talking about medical intuitiveness and the practical path. And again, you can find out more by visiting her website, which happens to be www.thepracticalpath.com. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.